0: I realized that now I have time, but I don't have money. And if I take the career path, I will have money, but I won't have time. And I decided, I think it's easier to deal with the money issue than with the time issue.
1: Power to Live More with Joe Dodds.
2: Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well-being, energy, and resilience.
1: And today, Jo is interviewing Esther Jacobs. Esther was introduced to us by Yann Touton from show number 124. They call her the no excuses lady because she gets things done, whatever the circumstances. Uncertainty has become her comfort zone. She's raised 16 million euros for charities, got knighted by the Dutch Queen, participated in the European Survivor TV show, gave more than a thousand keynotes and two TEDx speeches, written 26 books and has travelled to over 100 countries. Yet she got fired from her home country for not staying enough nights in her own house and now officially does not exist. Esther's secrets? Focus only on the things you can influence. Work with what you have. Find and seize opportunities like an entrepreneur. Take control to make things happen in your business and your life today. No excuses. Back to the studio.
2: Today I'm interviewing Esther Jacobs, who's a speaker, author and digital nomad and is known as the no excuses lady. So I'm looking forward to finding out more about that today. So welcome, Esther. Thanks for joining me. Hi, nice to be here. It's great, isn't it? We had a bit of a a, a digital nomad issue last week. No, two weeks ago, didn't we, with uh, with, uh, internet connection. So it made me feel better after my weeks in the caravan where things were going a bit pear-shaped. You were in a French castle, if I remember rightly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's correct. Uh, Internet is always a challenge, but especially if you're in in France, in uh, the ruins of a castle that they turned into an Airbnb and the connection there was horrible. And now I'm (laughs) in Amsterdam and it
2: should be better. So let's Lovely. So a true digital nomad. Apart from there was less of the digital going on in the France bit. <laughs> yes.
0: When you leave out the digital, it suddenly becomes very uh, nomadic.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah. So tell us more about who you are and what you do, and also where you usually do it, or or where you have done it from. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I'm originally from the Netherlands, and the Netherlands is still my basis. I mean, it's a it's a great airport to, to have stopovers and I have friends and clients and followers here, but I've always had a big interest in, in traveling. I've been to over a hundred countries um, and I've never been employed in the traditional sense. I've always been an entrepreneur. So I've always had the freedom to work when and where and with whom I wanted to. So uh, I'm mainly a public speaker. I've given over a thousand keynotes all over the world and two TEDx talks, and I'm also an author, because storytelling you can do on stage, or you can do it in a book, or on social media. Uh, so I'm a author and co-author of 26 books, and one of the things I do is I help people to write their book in a week. Um, there are so many stories out there that that are worth to be shared, and people get stuck when they start writing their book the traditional way and then I have to go back and rewrite and then some stories never get told and I advise them to start at the end, to start with the back cover of the book because that's your marketing material, it's your structure and it helps you to create an outline and then write your book without getting stuck. So that's one of the things I do. I also organize some other retreats and um, basically I'm, um, yeah, I'm just using my own life and my own experiences to uh, inspire and motivate others to,
2: to chase their dreams. Lovely. And so, where do you usually work now or is there not a usual? <laughs> there, is, there is not a usual. Um,
0: it used to be the Netherlands. Um, I had a, a house in the Netherlands and um, um, I did most of my projects from there but I was only there a few months a year and I actually got fired from the Netherlands by the government saying that if you don't sleep in a place for four months a year you're not allowed to register there even Uh when it's your own house and when you (laughs) pay taxes and you don't do anything wrong and um it was so weird even the the ministers had uh three weeks of meetings on my case a few years ago and they concluded that this law is not meant for people like me but technically the city applied it correctly so there was nothing they could do i got deregistered from my own house so i lost my voting rights, my pension, my passport, my company got deregistered. Um, I lost my health insurance, my rights to social security. And because my company got deregistered from the Chamber of Commerce, I also lost my bank accounts and my phone plan was not renewed. So it was quite hectic. And um, weird enough, there was only one organization that kept maintaining miss jacobs you are and will always be a cherished citizen of the netherlands and that was of course the tax service uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was so ridiculous. Ridiculous. i had to pay taxes but i had no more rights so i paid social security premiums but i had no right to social security or a pension and it took me another three years to finally reach an agreement with them that they also came to the conclusion that i don't live in the netherlands and i don't live anywhere else So ever since, for the past um, six years, I officially don't exist. I'm not registered anywhere. I don't pay taxes, I have no rights. If I die somewhere in the world, nobody has any idea where to repatriate me. So um, it has some challenges, but it also has a lot of freedom. And I don't have to do any admin. I don't have to keep any lists of, of hours, or kilometers, or receipts, or whatever. So I feel very free. But every now and then, I, you know, whenever I have an interaction with the system, uh, I still get um, a lot of, uh, um, yeah, problems with the bureaucracy. Uh, to yeah. renew my passport, I have to go to a special window in The Hague for homeless people. Uh, when I lost my driver's license, there was no way I could get a new driver's license, not even if I took the test again. Or uh, registered myself again for a few weeks because everybody requires proof that you're in the country for 180 yeah. days a year, and I travel so much. I'm I'm in the Netherlands like three months a year, and then there's no other place where I spend three months a year. So you tell me where do I live? Where do I pay taxes? Who am I? <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh my goodness, that's that's just such an amazing story, and and it makes I was going to say complete sense. That I don't mean that in terms of um, it doesn't seem sensible <laughs> as far mm-hmm. as the way everyone's treated you. But, it, you know, you can see why you've ended up with them saying what they've said, because as you, I think you said at the beginning, you know, that it sort of ticked all the boxes to say that uh, that's how it should be. But, but I also, think it's, a, it's an
0: example of how times change and yes, of yes. circumstances change, but our systems, be it yes. government, banking, registration, whatever, they, they are so slow and they're based on the old idea that everybody lives in one place, which used yeah, to be sure. the place. And if you yeah. didn't live in one place, you moved to another country, then you lived there. And yeah. nowadays with, with cheap tickets and uh, good Wi-Fi all over the world, there is no need to stay in one place. So there's many more people like me, location-independent entrepreneurs or digital nomads, who feel free to move around the world and work from anywhere and don't have obligations, don't have fixed expenses, uh, which yeah. has a lot of advantages, but also disadvantages when you have to yeah. interact with the system.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's funny, when you first started to talk, one of the questions I thought I would ask is, is how you ended up doing what you do, because a lot of people move into this sort of thing, but it sounds like you've been you, <laughs> if you like, all along. Um, but I, I, I sort of, it's, it's almost I mean I will ask you why you do what you do but it's almost not a question on the basis that you've just shown that security clearly isn't one of your drivers because <laughs> you sound really yeah. calm and it, I mean I'm sure it was really difficult as you went through it and everything else but I bet you were probably more frustrated with it than you were um, cast adrift from it sort of thing from what you're saying would that be fair Yeah, true. I was very
0: frustrated. And at first, I tried to get back in the system, just like anybody else. I was in my comfort zone, and I wanted it to go back to the way it was. So I struggled, and I was frustrated, and I fought to go back to how it was. And at some point, I realized, I'm the no excuses lady right i get i'm on stage i tell people to turn situations around to turn challenges into opportunities but then i got back home and i was frustrated trying to get back into the system yeah. and at one point i realized oh i have to apply it to my own life because it's always <laughs> so difficult of course to apply things to your own life yeah and that's how i turn things around and i turn it into an opportunity and now i help other people to uh, sort things out with the system to have more freedom in their life to become location independent entrepreneurs and so I've turned it into an asset mm-hmm. but your other question, how it all started is also valid because many of the people listening are probably in a, a regular job whatever regular is but they're employed and they have monthly um, income and they have monthly expenses and the idea of of quitting and uh, still having those expenses and not having that income is very, very frightening. frightening. And I understand the way I started is very different. After my studies, I didn't get a regular job, but I started doing little projects like market researches and, you know, entrepreneuring. So I wasn't used to a salary and a mortgage and a car and, you know, a phone plan that your company provides. And for me, every $100 that I made was $100. And if I made $300, I thought, hey, I can travel in South America for a month. So of course, the numbers grew, um, the money that I made and the expenses that I had. But basically, I started with um, a student mentality. You have yeah. nothing, and anything you earn, uh, you can use or spend. And if you start with the idea of you know you need so much money to um, you know to to get through life then there's a big pressure on your shoulders to make that much money as an entrepreneur when you start your own company so uh, I would advise people who are still on a regular job but who want to be an entrepreneur to start a side business and once you get confidence that you can make money with your side business you can start working maybe one day less or two days less and then when you make the
2: transfer it's not so frightening Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very good point. So uh, I want to ask you again, why you do what you do, but let's just um, unpick a bit more of of that. So you've already said you, you help people in the situation that you were in and you can, we can see where that that's, that's come from. You, you are a speaker, you are an author and you help people to, to write books. How did those things come in to, what you do given you started with as you say let's earn a bit of money and go traveling <laughs> right it's actually it
0: has a, a deeper uh, layer to it um when i was about 16 i had a neighbor a lady who was uh, psychic and she told me that uh, the world was going to end you know there was going to be some disaster and she didn't know when or where or how but at some point the world as we knew it was going to end so she said don't make long-term plans just enjoy what you can do right now and that's why i chose not to you know go in a regular career path which is 10 or 20 years or to make any long-term plans and i've actually always had this well i don't know if you call it short-term view but uh, not so strategic i just take whatever comes on my path and i turn it into something so um everything i've done is uh relatively short term and not strategic and anything that happens to me at first i resist it. you know uh, i've had been in a relationship with um with a playboy for seven years uh, the the biggest player of a caribbean island uh when this thing happened that i got fired from the netherlands i resisted it at first Uh, i collected 16 million euros for charities when the euro was introduced Um, But when that happened, at first I just wanted to make money and then I found out that everybody wants to make money so I turned it around and I said nobody's going to make any money and all the money we raise is going to go towards charities. So anything that happens to me, I turn into uh, a story and I share it on stage and then people ask, why don't you write a book about it? So I did. And then other people ask me, how do I write my book? So I help them to do that. Or I help them to become speakers. Now I help them to to have a more free life. So basically anything that happens to me, the, the, the things I learn, I would like to share. So I don't have a strategy. I don't have a bigger plan. I just go through life turn things that happen, try to turn things that happen into something productive or positive and yes. share that philosophy, the, the no excuses philosophy with as many people as I can. And maybe yes. I should have a long-term strategy or maybe I should have like a, a deeper motivation, but this is just the way it is and it works fine for me and the people around me. So <laughs> I don't really <laughs> think about it
2: that much. I, lo- I love how that's come about because a lot of people are, going the other way you know starting the other way they start with you know our life is about you know I don't know grow up get married have children have a corporate job get promoted and then by the time they're you know my sort of age in their 50s 40s and 50s they're they're starting to think oh is that it you know oh did, should I really have done it like that or you know let's be a bit more open and let's start to think about a different way of being and then you know it's not too late because you know it's perfectly possible to do all those things as well but it it's almost like a kickback against. The structure that they sort of went along with because we weren't told you could do anything different whereas almost you 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 know you were given that information and took it and did something different straight away it, really interesting true, true. and it, it wasn't always easy because i had no role model i had no
0: beaten path to follow and i've mm-hmm. done lots of stupid things and uh but i've i've gotten to know myself really well and i think that's my main asset and my i don't have a you know a big title or um, uh, money in the bank or a position in a big company but i have my freedom and i know myself and i think those two things are a great combination to 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 have confidence that i can survive and thrive in any circumstance whatever happens in the world whatever happens to me and i think a lot of people feel insecure when you take away their position or their possessions and they're just left with themselves, and that's what often happens in a midlife crisis. They have everything that they thought they wanted or needed, and they still don't feel happy. And then they start to question themselves and the system. And uh, um, one thing I remember when I finished my studies, and I had the choice to, you know, to become a junior product manager somewhere like all my peers, or to to travel and do market research and become an entrepreneur i realized that now i have time but i don't have money and if i take the career path i will have money but i won't have time and i decided i think it's easier to deal with the money issue than with the time issue so i go for the time that i have now and i'll deal with the money i'll find a way to deal with it but if you go for the money and then you have to find the time somewhere that proves to be really difficult and I'm very glad I made that choice, um, which is already um, almost 30 years ago, uh, because it's yeah, it's given me exactly what you said, a lot of experiences. And every day I have a choice. If I don't like something, uh, I can change it. I'm responsible for my happiness. I'm also responsible if I don't like something. There's nobody to blame. I can't be the victim. I can't point at the government or a boss or a partner or whatever. So... I feel, and I am responsible and in control of my own life. And I think that's my, my biggest driver.
2: Mm-hmm. You were so ahead of your time to, to work out the time and money thing all that time. Ago. <laughs> so, so what about the, the moniker, the no excuses lady, where did that come from? I think it started, um,
0: actually a lot of things started with the first big project I did. Um, Like I said, uh, I I collected 16 million Euro for charity when the Euro was introduced. So in 2002, every country in Europe, or a lot of countries in Europe, uh, transitioned to the Euro, and all the old currencies lost their value. So you could only use your German marks if you went to the German central bank to exchange them for Euros. Yeah. and of course people in the netherlands we we travel a lot and we have these uh jars with coins that we don't use and we don't go to a central bank to exchange like one or two dollars so i decided if i collect all this leftover money for charity people donate something that has no value to them but i can turn all those coins into euros for charity and i knew nothing about charity about marketing about Money uh, about the the whole euro thing about big projects, basically, I was very naive and young, but I had this motivation to do it and um, it took me a long time. Nobody knew me i didn 't know anybody. there was no internet yet uh, so uh, i don 't I don't, it was so difficult i don 't even remember how I did it, but I just persevered and that's why they started calling me the no excuses lady. Whoever yeah. had an excuse, you know, it's not the right timing, uh, we've already tried it, it doesn't work, uh, you have no budget, you have no experience, you have no network. I proved them all wrong. Yeah. And um, it was a lot of hard work, but I used the experience. Um, For example, my my presentations. So, first I I talked about the project Coins for Care, but after a while I upgraded the same story to how to reach big results with limited resources. And then I had access to a lot of companies who were in a crisis and who organized conferences, were looking for a speaker. So, that's actually how I became a a paid public speaker and how my first books uh, were published. Based on this, Project that I didn't make any money on. I didn't get paid. It. It. I think it took me 10 years of my life. It, the work was so hard and uh, it was very frustrating at times. But I did succeed in collecting this much money, and um, I've I've established myself as uh, yeah as the no excuses lady. Like I look innocent and uh, and young and naive, mm-hmm. but I do get things done, and that has really helped me to uh, uh, yeah in all the other things that I do. Yes.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting, especially with your self awareness, to hear the comment. I don't really know how I did it because it was really hard. Um, I, I, when I first started my own business, I had um, local magazines, and I remember at one stage I had eight magazines. And I often say, I don't know how I went to print with eight <laughs> magazines. You know, I just can't even remember it's what really it was like. It's funny, yeah <laughs>
0: especially with, without all the tools that we have nowadays you yes. know the, yeah the, the exactly internet but you did it
2: somehow yeah yeah well my first magazine i was supposed to design it in microsoft publisher because that's the instructions i'd been given by this company that i'd bought these instructions from and my printer <laughs> said oh no no it'd be better if you could use quark here's a copy um and i took it to france with no internet for a week and designed a, mag- a 24-page magazine um and, and, and I, again now look at that and think, oh. Trying to work out technology when you don't have the instructions you haven't got google to ask <laughs> it's actually impossible how did i do it and somehow we did it yeah somehow we exactly did it. and then we blocked it out because it was obviously too traumatic <laughs>
0: oh how funny so, yeah true. i wrote a book about it so i would actually have to read my own book again to to go through all those ups and downs again but whenever i start reading it, Actually, I translated the book, I had it translated into English a few years ago, and Uh then when I read the the English translation to see if it was my own voice, I actually, I had to stop reading because I started crying like crazy. It was like somebody else was telling me this story because it was in a different language, and suddenly it hit me, all the disappointment, all the frustration, I was so naive in the charity world. Of course, it's about a lot of money, and they were trying to get rid of me because I was doing everything faster and cheaper and differently, and they were afraid that they were going to be exposed, which they were. Yeah. And I was just crying and crying to finally feel uh, again, you know, what happened, and finally realize what happened. Because of course now I'm a lot older, and I can, you know, see the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, And yeah, so it's it's very interesting to to look at what you've done and to look at it later and see if the perspective has
2: changed. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned books again, and at the beginning you talked about you help people to write books really quickly, um, which just sounds, I think, to most people. madness (laughs) 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 madness so if you do it you better do it right (laughs) (laughs) so tell us a bit more about that though you know the the whole concept of you know what sort of are they you know are these very sort of story focused books are they very factual focused so i mean is there a style to to them because they're done in a certain way yeah mostly
0: they're, they're non-fiction books, so either business books or uh, biographies or autobiographies, so not the, the fiction books because mm-hmm. I think they require more time and a certain skill you know to, to draft the characters and yeah. make a story outline. and of course the back cover of a fiction book uh, doesn't give you like the results of the book, uh, but it's more um, triggering people to read it. A non-fiction book, however, a business book, a management book, uh, personal development. Um, What you do in a bookstore or online when you want to buy a book, you look at the cover and you look at the back cover, the blurb, and then you decide if you want to buy it. So that blurb, that back cover, better be really good. Explain the problem this book is going to solve, uh, the results the reader will get from reading the book, the tone of voice, um something about the author why the author you know why you can relate to the author and why the author has a special perspective on this and um actually if you write this back cover first you can approach a publisher or you can start pre-selling your book even though you haven't written it yet you can you know announce it and um and make it available to people and the back cover gives you the structure for your book if you say in seven steps i will teach you this or with 25 examples or tips then you know the structure of your book should be the seven steps or the 25 tips Yeah. and when you have the structure you can start putting bullet points in this document saying oh in this chapter i want to mention this example i want to include this photo i want to share this story and just those bullet points you distribute throughout the book um and when you're done you can see if each chapter has what it needs if one is much bigger than the other if information is in the right place and when you feel this is complete then you can start writing and you don't have to start writing on page one but you go with your energy maybe chapter eight has an example that you really feel passionate about and you just write that example then you take a bullet point from chapter three and turn it into a paragraph so you can write even in 15 minutes when you're waiting for the bus or uh, while you're preparing food you can write in little uh sprints instead of sitting down a whole day blocking a whole day to write what people try to do and it, it hardly ever works mm-hmm. plus you follow your energy instead of you know having to start on page one and then having to go back and forth and restructuring so this method works for 99 percent of the people I've already helped 400 entrepreneurs to write and publish their book and for many of them it establishes them as an expert, as a coach, as a speaker, as a a consultant. Uh, Some use it as a free giveaway to share an important message they have. Uh, Some feel they have a gift, they have something special, they, they, they were very sick and they found a way to get better or they had a life experience they want to share with others. Um, and they distribute their books for free, their ebooks, to reach a bigger audience and to share their important message or gift with others. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's many reasons to write a book, but the feeling of holding your own book in your hands is indescribable, really. And, and it's really possible. It, I've helped mothers, managers, uh, ministers, you know, there's so many stories out there. And... And you can think, oh, there's already a book about my topic, but that's not the case. Your story is unique, the way you share it, your personality, and there's always people who connect with your story specifically. Mm-hmm. So I would like to invite anybody who's listening to think, what is my story, and you know, in what way can I share it? Maybe you can record a video, maybe you can record audio, maybe you can write blogs or poems, or write a book, but. Um, your story has something that can be an eye-opener to
2: somebody else. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Lovely, thank you. So uh, you talked about going where your energy is, and it's something that uh, I work with a, a national movement around employee engagement, and we always say because it's a lot of volunteers that we've got to do the stuff where the energy is, so very similar sort of thing, and I think that's how I manage my time. I'm guessing similar with you. How How do you get stuff done and know what you're doing? on you know a daily, weekly, monthly basis?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. I'm really into energy management. I've always been interested in energy management. Also for events where I speak. When you look at the program for a conference, you can already tell at what point everybody will be tired or bored. <laughs> or you know, and, and with a little change from from listening to to participating, you can already solve that. Or uh, to have people walk from one space to the next uh, to to digest what they've just heard. But I'm always surprised how few people are aware of their own energy management or within their organization or within an event that they're organizing. And uh, I've always noticed that at some points in the day, in the week, in the month, in the year, you have more energy than at other points or different energy. There's even, even people who are saying that the different seasons Uh, are suitable for different types of work like uh, I don't remember exactly but the winter is for um, cocooning digesting Uh, then the spring is for planting seeds and the summer is for executing things and then autumn is for harvesting and that's also for for ideas and and for business Um, and some people are morning people some people are evening people and the whole idea that you have to be in an office or behind your computer from nine to five, whoever came up with that, because <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work for most people. You, you could be sitting behind your computer and not be productive at all, but spend hours behind your computer. Or you could be walking your dog and suddenly having this wonderful idea and you sit down and write it in five minutes and you have like a real added value or a real um, uh, efficiency. Mm. So. It's very interesting to observe observe yourself and others, and um, I'm struggling uh, with energy management. I've always been, and I probably always will be. Um, I had a car accident uh, six years ago in the Caribbean. Uh, I had a whiplash, so my brain doesn't work the same way anymore as it used to before. Before I could force myself to continue, like what I did with the charity project. I got up at five in the morning, worked until... 12 in the evening for three years, uh, and whenever I thought I couldn't do anymore, I would still continue. Of yeah. course, it's not good for your body, but you have this turbo button that you can press, and you know you always find this extra energy. And after the accident, my turbo button didn't work anymore. Even as I got better, the turbo button doesn't work anymore. And then you, you know, you, you try to drink coffee, you try to eat sugar. Uh, try all kinds of things to get that energy back, but I realized that, in fact, the accident was a, a very good thing happening in my life because I'm, now I'm forced to make choices. I can't do everything, and I have to choose what is important and when I will do it. If I have two hours a day that my mind feels clear, if I use those two hours to go on Facebook or to um, book plane ticket those two hours are gone. So, in fact, I should use those two hours to be creative, to be productive, and then when I don't feel very clear, I can always book a plane ticket or go on social media or whatever. Yeah. So it forces me to be aware and to make choices.
2: Yes, yeah. It's interesting. But it's not easy. It's not easy. I'm still oh, that's a local train. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs>
1: Yeah,
2: it sounds like a real train. So, like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so the bottom of our hill, I normally shut the window, and I forgot. And I was thinking, oh, I probably should have shut the window. And then the train came, but it's it's a nice English sound. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, the the whole energy piece, obviously awful that you've had to work it out because something happened that put you into that position. Um, But, but so vital that we all understand that. So, uh, you know, a great um, example to share as well, because as you say, we've got all these structures that people have have sort of designed, you know, other people have designed whoever they are that say, this is how you must work. And as, as you've said, you know, it's just, it doesn't work for most of us in the same way. And it's really about knowing ourselves and, and working out what what works best and I I guess the advantage of for those of us who work for ourselves and work from home or wherever uh you know we can really do that I think it's you know in corporate it's so much harder because people don't have the opportunity and, and people don't get it do they no
0: it's true and um I've learned to question everything so as a consultant I would be very annoying people would think I was very annoying because I I enter a company and um, I start asking questions and and the answers are, well, we've always done it like this and it's just the way it is, or we've already tried that, it didn't work. But as an outsider, you look at things differently and you're allowed to ask those questions and those questions can generate interesting insights. So people go to their office from 9 to 5 or from 8 to 7 or whatever the time is and we think it's normal, but most people go to their office actually to answer emails, which you could do from home, or which you could do from a co-working space, or which you could do from a hammock on a beach in Thailand if you wanted to. <laughs> so you should go to an office to collaborate, you know, to actually meet your colleagues or your clients and to work with them. Uh, but you could also do that through a video call, for example. So um, this also uh, relates to how you uh, use your energy during the day because you have different activities you have creative um, uh, time you you need to write create a plan create something you have responsive react to emails Uh, you have to do calls you have to uh, work together with other people and if you know which time of the day is most suitable for which activity then you can uh, make a plan for your day that's different from doing it by task or by client. Like, uh, today I'm working on this project, or today I'm only doing calls, or today I'm brainstorming with my team, or I only work with others in the afternoon because in the morning I use my creative energy to get things done. Mm. And it's different for everybody, and there's very different ways of looking at it, but I would like to invite everybody to, to, to have a look at it, to take notes. When do you feel you get energy from some activities and when do you feel it drains you, when do you feel you get stuck, when do you? When are you productive, when do you feel happy, when do you feel in flow? And it can be the location you are, it can be the time of day, it can be the activity, it can be the people you're working with. Uh, there are so many factors and the only one who can decide what works for you is you. Not your boss, not the government, not some productivity program or book, uh, it's you. Uh, so become aware, take notes, and if it feels good, do more of it. <laughs> if it doesn't feel good, find an alternative. That's how I learn. And that's how children learn trial and error. Yes, absolutely. And I'm writing, writing a book about this now, Light Your Fire Without the, the Burnout. Uh, energy Management for Passionate People. Because I realize if you, if you have a boss who says you have to do something, you can be stressed and you can rebel against this boss. But if this boss is inside your own head and it's setting you deadlines and it's giving you motivation and it's pushing yourself, then it's very hard to resist or to rebel. And then you create stress inside yourself that you've created yourself. And um, I think it's possible to reach big, hairy goals uh, without creating the stress with having fun while doing it, learning while doing it having time for other things, Um, but you need a sustainable way of managing your energy and not the turbo button I was talking about and living on reserve all the time. Yes. It's like driving your car with the fuel uh, light blinking all the time and then you stop just long enough to refuel it a little bit until the light uh, goes off, it stops blinking, Mm -hmm. and then you're driving on reserve again instead of filling Mm -hmm. the entire tank and then being okay for a while. So this is okay for, for, you know, in emergencies, for deadlines or project, or time in your life where it's necessary. But if you live your whole life like this, something is going to happen. Something is going to snap. So if you care about what you're doing, find a sustainable way of managing your energy. Find a balance between energy in and energy out, between working with your head and working with your body, between being uh, focused and relaxing, being rational, being creative. All those things sound very logical, but I find in my own life that I was much too rational. I was always in my head, I was always working, and all these other things had too little space. And I think only a balanced life can can be sustainable for a longer time. And then you can Mm -hmm. get the results you want and keep on delivering those results.
2: Yes, yeah. Absolutely. So, what about those days where it all goes horribly wrong and you have a terrible day? How do you deal with that? (laughs) With no excuses, presumably. (laughs) It's horrible. And what you
0: would love to do is just stay in bed and pull the cover over your head and wait for it all to go away. And sometimes there's no other solution than to do that and to acknowledge, okay, this day doesn't feel good and just you know watch netflix and and make something nice to eat and to drink for yourself and then go to sleep early and hopefully the next day will be better um, what what also helps is to get out into nature and to move your body actually anything that gets stuck in your body will get a chance to you know to get out and to to be cleared uh, so you will have um, a different energy the next day or at the end of the day what i used to do uh, is when i didn't feel good i would do horrible tasks like admin or uh, cleaning or things that i didn't like anyway thinking i feel horrible anyway i'll just give myself something to do and then when i feel a little bit better at least i don't have the dishes in my kitchen or i have these piles of receipts that i need to put into excel that worked for a while but it's also constantly in the doing mode yeah. even when I wasn't feeling good i was still in the doing mode so nowadays i prefer to do what i just said to get out into nature to allow the sentiment to do something creative just to to change perspective and to change the energy completely and that will rebalance and then you know you'll feel better and get back to to do what you were doing so yeah. also works different, yeah. different for uh for everybody But if you don't like the results that you're getting, change
2: what you're doing, otherwise you keep getting the same results. Yeah. Um, What about those days where you get to live more? That's to do more of the things you want to do and less of the things you feel you should do or you have to do. What does one of those days look like? It's probably every day for you, I I would imagine.
0: (laughs) I have very little structure, but uh, still some days are better than, than other days. And what I really like is days with surprises like when i have no plans i go out into the street i meet an interesting person or um, just a little present you know i I walk in a street that i know very well and i find this little cafe that i've never noticed or i get an idea and i'm creative or i help somebody or what happens to me uh every now and then is uh either when whether i'm in the netherlands or somewhere else in the world I'm having a coffee somewhere and then the waiter or somebody else comes up to me and says are you esther are you that digital nomad because mm-hmm. of your book i'm here i sold everything i have i have only three boxes left and now i'm a waiter <laughs> here in thailand or and whenever that happens it's it's really like an eye-opener people actually read my books and they actually <laughs> take action and It's a little gift from the universe. It makes me so happy, a conversation like that. It's really humbling.
2: Yes, yeah, I bet that's amazing. So thank you, Esther. It's been so good to interview you. Really, really interesting. Tell people how they can find out more about you and get in contact. Um, I think my website is
0: the starting point to everything. I have a lot of blogs, free resources. I give away books every now and then. Um, you can read about my retreats, workshops, whatever. My website is esterjacobs.info, So it's not .com or .nl, estherjacobs.info. And on social media, I'm also very active. And you can find me on Instagram, uh, Facebook, um, and usually it's Esther Jacobs or Esther Jacobs NL for the Netherlands. Um, So it would be really nice if people would would connect. Uh, You can ask questions. I'm always willing to help um, share examples, record videos to answer questions because I really would like everybody to find the freedom in their life, whether it's freedom to travel, freedom to chase your dreams, freedom to be more you. Um, I think there's no excuse. Everybody should live their their dream life and I'm very happy to help if I can.
2: Brilliant, thank you, Esther. Thank you. All this information is available in the show notes. If you go to power forward slash 130, you'll find them there. Today, I want to talk to you about procrastination and removing barriers to help you to avoid procrastinating. I've realized that I've been procrastinating on my podcast. And you may remember that a a year or two ago, probably longer than that now, I was procrastinating on publishing the podcast because I didn't like writing the show notes. Uh, And so I had times when I didn't send the podcast out on a weekly basis because it was all getting backed up because I hadn't written the show notes. And so I basically found somebody to write the show notes for me um the lovely dawn and her team at lidwell writing services and that took that issue away and actually freed me up to just get on and do what i wanted to do which is publish the podcast but i've noticed in recent weeks that although i plan to put the podcast out on a friday it rarely goes out on a friday because of other things that crop up and the process and all that sort of thing and i neat thought i needed to have a look at it because clearly there was a problem so i needed to look at what that problem was and i determined that actually the thing that holds me up every week is recording this bit and this is what i call my outro it's sometimes because i can't think what to talk about it's other times because i record it about 55 times might be slightly exaggerating there and uh it takes ages because of that and so i identified that this was what was holding me up and decided to come up with a new plan. So earlier this week, I recorded six weeks worth of me saying, all this information is available in the show notes if you'd like to go to Power to Live More and so on. Um, and also the bit at the end that says, again, the show notes are at blah, blah, blah. So I've got all of those done now. So what I'm working on now is how to record this section and do it in advance over the next four weeks or for the next four weeks so that when it comes to editing the podcast on a Thursday, I can just add it all together because I've already recorded the sections and I just literally need to pull it together, which is the easy bit and and not the bit that I've been procrastinating on. And so I intended to do that and then just now tried to record the first of these outros uh, so that I could build up a bank of them, as I've said, and it didn't go very well. And I decided that I need to go take a step back and actually plan my content better for the next few weeks before I do those recordings so that then I can just get on and do all of them in one go. So basically batch that recording work and make sure that it's all done. And then, as I said, all I'm doing then is pulling the bits together each week to get the podcast published. So my point is that... If you've got something you're procrastinating on, what you need to do is have a think about the process and work out which part of the process is causing you issues and why it's causing you issues. And then look at how you can remove those issues by doing something different. So, as I said, in this case with the podcast, it's about pre-recording sections so that they're done in advance and i batch record them so that i sit down to uh, do all that over the space of a few hours rather than trying to do a sort of 20-minute session once a week when i'm in the middle of doing other things so that's what will resolve the situation for me what will you do to stop yourself procrastinating on whatever it is that you're procrastinating on I'd love to hear some examples of how you've got over your procrastination by identifying the process, working at the bit that's getting you stuck and looked at doing something different so that you're no longer stuck and therefore not procrastinating. So please do drop me a line, joe at powertolivemore.com, and share what you've been doing. I've been really busy this week adding new courses to my power to live more calm membership site you may remember that it's a site aimed at helping home-based coaches and consultants to be more successful whilst also getting to live more and as you know that means getting to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the things that you feel you should do or have to do so i had an account with teachable where I was hosting a couple of courses, and I'd moved the How to Simplify Your Life course over to the new membership site, and the intention was to close down the Teachable account. However, when I went to look at that last week, I realized that I had another course in there which was all about how to declutter your life. So on Friday, within the membership community, we decided to hold a Get It Done session in the afternoon. So it was a two-hour session where we got together on Zoom at the beginning of that time and talked about what we were intending to achieve during the time. We then met up 45 minutes later to update where we were with the tasks and talk about what we're going to do for the last hour. And then we reconvened again at four o'clock to talk about where we would got to, how much we'd achieved during our get it done session, and also to hold our weekly power to live more calm call anyway. So we did a bit of catch up and then um, I helped one of the members to look at audacity, which is the tool that she's using to, edit her new podcast and it's the one that i use as well so we talked through some of the routines that she can go through to get the audio together for her new podcast so that was really exciting Uh, and during the two hours i actually transferred over one of the courses so that was the how to declutter course and then i went to close down teachable i realized that actually there were two more courses in there that needed transferring across so i've now got another course how to create laser focus That's in the membership site as well, and also one about how to get stuff done. And last week, I'd also added a new course already, which was all about WordPress security. So there's a varied list of content in the learning section of the membership site now to go along with the materials that are in there around currently goal setting and blogging. And as I said, we had our first get it done day on Friday, which worked really well so if you're a home-based coach or consultant or you know anybody who is and you're looking for some support and community around improving the success of your business but also around getting to live more then please do go and check out powertolivemore.com forward slash get calm so you can find out more and as always if you've got questions then please do email me joe at powertolivemore.com and again you can get to the show notes by going to powertolivemore.com forward slash 130 and we look forward to speaking to you next week
1: use your power to live more